You're listening to VO Stories, Episode 88. Today I'm talking with Lady Luck herself, VO talent, Melissa Motes. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Tina Zaremba, voiceover talent, mentor, and good old-fashioned storyteller. I believe we all have a story to tell. We can all learn from one another. I created this podcast for you, the VO artist, who's ready to embrace all that your VO journey has to offer. You'll be inspired, informed, and transformed as you learn from industry experts, VO talents, and my insights from 15 years in the industry, having voiced national commercials to promos and everything in between. Success in voiceovers is more than just a snazzy voice, and this podcast will help show you the way. Thanks for listening. Hello, beautiful people. Well, 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 here we are again. It's Thursday. So today's guest is such a light and such a resource for VO information. Not only does my guest, Melissa Motes, share how her passion for commercials led her to voiceovers, but tools she used to build her brand and career. So without further ado, here's our chat. Melissa Motes, thanks so much for joining me today. It's awesome to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Why don't you tell our listeners where you are today in the world? I am in Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, to be more technical, I'm in Henderson, which is a suburb of Las Vegas, and I am in my home studio. Nice. All right. So let's just dive right in here. This is VO Stories. Tell us the condensed version, not like from the beginning, but how did you discover voiceovers? I was obsessed with commercials as a kid. That was just my thing. I uh, I had a strawberry shortcake cassette player, and I used <laughs> watch commercials on TV and jingles. I love jingles. I'd run in my room and just try to kind of, you know, give my interpretation of what I just heard on television. And I used to tell my parents as a kid, when I grow up, I'm going to do commercials. And fortunately for me, my parents were cool and they were like, yeah, you will. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so cool. Cause I don't hear many people that knew about voiceovers, you know, when they were younger, it was usually like we fell into it some way. So that's awesome. So how did you actually though, then find voiceovers? Did you find someone who was doing voiceovers to mentor you or? Yeah. So what happened was, it's funny too, like you said, I I didn't even realize my pursuit was quote unquote voice acting. You know, I just liked commercials. So, you know, as, as I became older, um, I started to learn a little bit about voice acting and all the different genres and types of voice acting just through, you know, documentaries on television or different things. When I moved to Las Vegas in 99, after my husband and I got married, I had a, a UNLV catalog show up on my doorstep. And inside the, the catalog was an introduction to voiceover course and with focus on commercials. And my husband was super encouraging and he's like, you need, you need to go to this class, you know? And so I did. And uh, it was a game changer in my life. So through that, because I don't know if it was watching an interview of yours, but I learned that you did have a voiceover mentor, did you not? Where you yes. were... Okay, talk yeah. about that. So initially through UNLV, when I took that initial course, the, the lady who was teaching, her name was Alice Whitfield, and she and I just, we kind of bonded, you know, because she said, you know, some people just have a knack for this and other people have to work a lot harder. And she said, I really think you're a natural. And, and she, she wanted to take me under her wing and work with me more and, and kind of give me more of a mentorship 
which she did. And I was really fortunate to have somebody be so willing to help. I, I studied with her for like two years. I mean, I worked really hard on, I wanted to be really thorough and really I wanted to enter the world of voice acting feeling seasoned, mm-hmm. not feeling super new. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it was really nice that I had that help. When you were training in voiceovers, how long did it take from the beginning to going full time? And what were you doing during that time for work, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, oh my gosh, so funny. So I <laughs> I was singing on the Las Vegas Strip by night, like doing lounge acts and singing for conventions and all kinds of stuff. And then by day, my husband was a door-to-door salesman for ADT, the alarm company. And so I would go you know, door knocking by day with him and, uh, you know, Hey, do you need an alarm for your house? You know, I was that girl. (laughs) So we worked pretty hard. And then every Tuesday night for two years, I would go to voiceover class, you know, and work with my mentor. About a year and a half in, I cut my first demo. And then it was a a slow progression. You know, I was still working, uh, singing and still, you know, helping my husband with sales and stuff just kind of getting started in my voiceover career. But it took me a good couple of years get to the point where I could really fully focus on voice acting and give that my full attention. I so appreciate that you say that because I think that people have a perception that you get behind the mic and then all of a sudden you're full time, you know, that there's not, I mean, for me to be truthful, I'm in New York and I was so afraid to leave my corporate job that it was much longer for me to go full time in voiceovers. And that's okay. There was a security uh, in that as well because I did not feel as desperate in getting those auditions, booking those those auditions. Well, I think, yeah, I think that sometimes when people quit their day job prematurely, it puts a lot of extra pressure on them. Totally. And then all of that desperation or fear or you know, just that extra pressure, it, it, it really does bleed into your reads and into your mood and your attitude. And, and you really can't hide from that. And, and, you know, when you're performing. So I think when you're in a more relaxed state, you know, your bills are taken care of and, you know, your, your daily life is handled. I think you can actually be more free and relaxed in the process of uh, voice acting, you know, it, it, as things kind of build for yourself and unfold. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest misperception for folks that are just starting out in voiceovers? I think that people oftentimes think it's going to be a lot quicker than it's going to be. I think they underestimate the fact that we're business owners and that there's more to it than just the voice acting part. That's the funnest part, right? That's the, that's the quickest and the funnest aspect of what we get to do, um, you know, as voice actors. But I think that new newcomers to voice acting overlook how much goes into learning the business side of things, the marketing side of things, the technology, setting up a home studio and really what it means to produce clean quality audio from home. I mean, there's just, there's so many layers to it. So it's not just all fun and games and whoopee on the mic, even though that is a fun part of it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I 
Couldn't agree more. In fact, I was just talking with Karen Guilfrey and Jamie Moffat, who are um, producing a conference here in New York called Vocation NYC, which is solely focused on the business the business aspect of voiceovers. Isn't it great? And I think people, as artists, kind of say to themselves, "Well, I'm not good with finances, or I'm not good with marketing, or I'm not good at branding myself," which is all a story, first of all, that we're telling ourselves, and it does such a disservice because. is such a huge, huge part of the business, especially now with technology. It's you can't rely yeah. on your agent solely. So right. branding, I love your brand. It is so oh. on point. And so you how did you create your brand? Guys, check out Melissa's website. It's is it melissamotes.com or I'm sorry. I have, I have two websites that or yeah, two URLs that lead back. It's uh, either melissamotes.com or ladyluckvoiceovers.com. It'll, it'll get you to the same place. Thank you for the compliment. I just absolutely had a blast bringing all that together. And I will say a tool that was a very, very helpful resource for me was I picked up Celia Siegel's branding book, I don't know if, if you've read yes. it. Yes. Shout with out it. to Celia. <laughs> Love you, Celia Siegel. She's the best. And she's a great, great gal and, and so smart and, and so awesome at helping people with their, their branding. But, um, you know, I didn't work with her uh, personally on my branding. I was already working with a different management company and it was just, you know, I couldn't be working with two different management companies. Uh, and I told Celia, I said, listen, I love you and I respect you. And I said, I, I want to learn from you. You know, how can, how can I do that? You know? And, and she said, I've got a book coming out. You got to check it out, you know? And so I picked it up when it came out. I really used the tools, the, the marketing questionnaire, or excuse me, the branding questionnaire that she had in the book. And she really helped explain her process and how she helped someone tap into their true self. And I just really trusted her, you know, process in that. And then I I did some self-exploration and figured out how I wanted to tell my story. And because commercials are really my life, my tagline, that girl can sell anything, it just... I felt like it worked for me because it it didn't pigeonhole me into just one one style of read, if you would, like as far as like happy or heartfelt or you know I, I didn't want to attach adjectives to mm-hmm. my reads because I wanted to make sure that people thought of me in a versatile way, but I wanted to tie myself more to a genre as opposed to tie myself to a read style if that if I'm being clear on that. The outside marketing or the branding company that you worked with, did you come to them and say, this is how I want to present myself or did they create? I was my own branding company and I did it all myself. Girl, you got another sideline career going for yourself. Girl, thank you for that. I, you know, I, I had, I did hire a company to do the construction of my website, but I, from the photo shoot to the outfit to the vision, I, I, when, I, when I went through the process of answering all the branding questions and reading Celia's book, I just started to really make myself a really clear outline. And I, I started to go to Pinterest and look at different visuals. Mm. I knew I wanted to embrace a retro vibe. Uh, I really love like 
that playful retro side of things. I live in Las Vegas and I really wanted to capture the old Vegas essence. A lot of people know me as a Las Vegas based talent. So I wanted to really embrace that. A lot of people know me for my pink beetle. So I incorporated that. I tried to just kind of take everything that people kind of knew me for, if you would, and kind of tell a story visually for my landing page. And then I just, I laid out the pictures. I, I knew when I had my photo shoot with my photographer exactly what I wanted and I told him and I said I'm sorry if I seem bossy but like I super know what I want and he's like no I love that <laughs> you know I'm sorry to cut you off but I know that before we started recording the interview we were talking about our stories and our life and where we've been before voiceovers and ups and downs and I feel as though and you can correct me if I'm wrong you really know yourself and that plays a huge factor in creating your brand. You know? Yeah, you know, I, I I will agree with with that statement because I think the better we know ourselves, the better we can be at our craft. Because to me, voice acting is so much about vulnerability and honesty and really just telling stories. You know, you're reading other people's words, but you're putting your spin on you know, those stories. And I think the better you know yourself and, and you tap into your rawness of you, just the, the more real and connected your reads will be. That, that's, that's what I always think. Yeah, absolutely. So the branding is amazing. How often a month do you spend marketing to clients or future uh, prospective clients? Well, you know, I'm in an interesting place in my career right now because I'm almost two decades in and thankfully I've got, you know, a pretty good base of regular clients and people I've been working with for a long time now. I would say earlier on in my career, I spent a lot more time actively marketing. I mean, it's a really big, important part of the initial, you know, kickoff of your career. But now I don't market as heavily as I once did because I'm in a place where I, I, I'm able to really serve all of my clients and take good care of them. But I don't want to have so many clients that I start feeling overbooked or sloppy or, you know, like I'm not able to give my best. I would say as far as marketing goes, I nurture the relationships that I have. So about once a quarter or maybe a little more often than once a quarter, I send out a shout out email to everybody I've ever worked with, you know, or people who are on my my mailing list of, of clients that I, I've acquired and just kind of just say, hey, just checking in. Please keep me in mind for your next creative project. Would love to work with you. You know, have an awesome day or have an awesome summer or whatever whatever I say, but I keep it really brief and fun. It's just like a reminder email. That generates a lot of work for me. People saying, your timing was impeccable. It's so <laughs> crazy that you wrote today. We have something you'd be a great fit for, you know? So I love it when that happens. And then as far as uh, building new clients or new marketing, I, I really think I get the most work from um, auditioning. And I, I think people need to focus more on their auditioning I think sometimes the marketing like emailing and LinkedIn and all that jazz, that's definitely a great thing to do. But I think for me, my personal story is really focusing, putting more time and energy into doing as many auditions as you can because there's telling people that you're great and then there's showing them. 
And I think when you email someone and introduce yourself and say, I'm a voice actor and I have my own home studio and I can do this and I can do that. And here's a link to my stuff. That's one way to approach it. I always say when you email people and you introduce yourself, you always want to come from a place of service. And I would like to provide a solution for you. I would love to serve you and help you. That's more the way that I approach my marketing or, you know, how can I help? How can I serve you? But when I, when I'm auditioning, I feel like it gives me an opportunity to read their script and show them what I've got just raw, you know, not, not all produced out and with all the fancy bells and whistles, but just my raw read, like here I am and I'd love to work with you, you know? So that's how I think I get the most of my, my new clients is through auditioning. Yeah. And as you were talking about the value in auditioning, I was thinking, you know, I know there's some controversy over paid to play sites, but one thing I will say about them is it gives you an opportunity to practice an audition. And I believe we were taught, we mentioned this, or we talked about this before we started uh, this interview that energy goes where your attention flows or attention. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how it goes. That if you're behind the mic consistently, you're subconsciously telling your, your unconscious mind that yeah. this is who I am. This is what I'm about as well as the universe. And it's just like energy matches up. I find when I get behind that mic and just work on copy or whatever, it more work will flow to me. Absolutely. For me, it's like, I, I love telling stories and I love reading other people's stories. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I love a good piece of copy. You know, it's like, I can't wait to get my voice on it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I want to, I want to play with this, you know, and, <laughs> and it's, it's just so fun. And, and also I think an important note that I share with a lot of people that I've, I've had the pleasure of mentoring and privilege of mentoring is when you audition, don't hope you're going to book it. Just take ownership of the read. Read it for you. Read it Read it with your heart and connect with it and be, be super real with it and read it as though you already have it. Because when you're, when you're reading and like, oh, I hope they like it or oh, I hope, I hope I get booked for this and stuff. It's a different energy you're putting into your read as opposed to just saying confidently, anchoring yourself into the performance and saying, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to really honor this story and I'm going to honor myself and and I'm going to, I'm going to give it my best me. I think that's something that's really served me well in my mindset for auditioning and doing what I do. Amen. The work is the auditions in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. The booking is the added cherry on top. Really, you have to fall in love with auditions in my mind if you want to be successful in voiceovers. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I don't, and just to, to, to circle back to one of your comments a few minutes ago was, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with pay to play sites. I think Mm -hmm. that one thing that that I would say is important is to really have a good education on rates, non-union rates, and and make sure you're quoting properly and make sure that you're auditioning for things that are in line with where rates should be. I think if you've got a really good education and a good understanding and you get on those sites, um, there's some really great stuff that you can find in there. But not every job on a pay-to-play site is something that I would say Yes, you know, there's so many things that I wouldn't audition for that I just, you know, for various reasons. But, but there, I think as as a voice actor, 
we need to be in 2019. We need to be open to all of the resources that uh, we have at our fingertips. And I think keep an open mind toward all of them, but just be wise in how we execute them. Where do you point folks to to learn about rates? Well, I at my studio, the Voice Actor Studio in Las Vegas, um, I, yeah. te- I teach a course on rates quoting and billing. And a, a lot of it's just a lot of data I've compiled over the years working with production companies directly and different ad agencies and so forth. I've kind of put together a rate card that I think is competitive and in line with, you know, um, non-union competitive rates. And then um, I, I definitely really appreciate what, uh, it's GVAA, is that right? Yeah. Um, Voice Academy. I really appreciate what those guys put together. Their uh, rate card is so vast online. And then I, I will look at SAG-AFTRA rates too for certain types of work, certain genres. Maybe if I book something in a, in a genre that I don't do every day and I'm like, hmm, how am I going to quote this thing out? Or, hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look at a few resources to come up with a, um, a mean average and come up with a rate. Um, but yeah, I think, I think just uh, those few resources I mentioned are, are good. Don't just guess on rates and don't, I think a lot of newer talent think they have to lowball everything and really they don't. And if they do, they're hurting themselves and everybody else. So I encourage everyone to, to really uh, educate themselves on the rates. Absolutely. And professionals on the other side, producers, working in the industry, know what fair rates are too. So, you know, for instance, my sister, she's a producer and I'll never forget when she was here in New York, someone forwarded her their demo and had a rate card and it was like $20 for a tag, $50. And she forwarded it to me kind of with a, you know, a snarky kind of meme smiley, like, you know, like, okay, yeah, right. I'm not going to hire you. If you think that you're worth that, then this isn't, you know, going to fit. So know your value, know what the fair rate is that's out there because it benefits everyone in the long run. Absolutely. And just to to add to that, uh, I have a lot of dear friends who are producers or do a lot of casting and stuff. And I've heard on multiple occasions, the same comment, which is more or less, yeah, when we get a bunch of auditions submitted to us with quotes, we throw out all the lowest ones and we throw out, you know, all the super, you know, crazy high ones. And we focus on all the, the folks who are, you know, kind of in that, in that middle average range, because those are the, the people who really are, you know, the professionals and, and the people who are in line with where the rates should be, you know, and I, so that's, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. And you know what, too? There could be someone out here who's really great at voiceovers who doesn't feel they're worth whatever the going rate is, and they lowball themselves. That's going to be the person on the other side is going to think, well, what is that person really worth? It's kind of like when you're shopping and you see something that's really inexpensive. I mean, sometimes maybe you think, oh, I get a deal, but sometimes you're like, well, what's wrong with it that it's this? Right, right. No. It's a it's a mindset. Yep. Um, I think it's uh, putting out there. I, I have to credit someone that I, I really respect a lot, and I heard her once say this maybe ten years ago, and it really stuck with me. I don't know if you are familiar with Mara Juno. Mm-hmm. Um, 
She's a really great voice actor. Look her up. She's just, she's fantastic. And I heard her once saying in a conference I attended, she said, you want people to think of you as a premium voice talent. You want people to think of you as you are offering a premium service. So if you're, you know, you're putting yourself out there at the discount clearance prices, you're really not saying to someone, I I, want to honor your brand and tell your brand story in a real premium way. You know, you, you know, you, you get what you pay for. And it's one of those things where if somebody has an idea they want to sell or a brand that they want to give a voice to, you know, you want, you want to, um, create that mindset that, yeah, you're a premium brand and I'm a premium voice. Let's work together and and let's level up together. You know, let's, let's really compliment each other. So it's just a mindset. It's a mindset. Cheap's not always good. And, um, we could talk about rates forever, but you know, I, I think you and I are definitely on the same page with this. Yep. 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 You mentioned the voice actors studio, which you created and have classes. Are any of them online? Well, first of all, what was the inception for that? And yeah. Oh my gosh. The voice actor studio started in my living room. Um, Ah. It was a a pro workout group that I organized and um, I had a lot of VO friends in Vegas and, you know, we all just had to get out of our closets and come get together. And, you know, we, we all needed to shower from time to time and put on clothes and get out in the world. So, <laughs> so we, we started this little workout group at my home and then it just, it started to evolve into this other thing that I could never have imagined. And a lot of people who were wanting to get started in voiceover heard about me and were asking me to help them. And it just took on a very organic uh, unfolding and it became this thing. And my husband and I got to a point one day we were getting ready to do a quote unquote workout at our house and 36 people showed up. What? Most of them were newer voice actors who were just getting started. And my husband's like, honey, we got to either not do this anymore or we need to like find a commercial location and and change the way we're doing this because this is getting crazy. <laughs> so we did. So we took a chance and we opened up the voice actor studio in Henderson in 2015. And uh, it's just evolved from there. Now we're in Las Vegas where we, we moved our studio to be more centrally located to people who live here. And it's also pretty close to the strip. We have about 45 different workshops going on per month at our studio. Wow. And uh, everything for every genre, business classes, marketing workshops, we have special guests, I have people that come in from LA, I have casting directors, I have amazing performers, producers, you name it, coming and teaching as guest coaches at our studio. It's been such a ride and it's been so fun to watch people go from start to now full-time voice actor and... Oh, I love it. So, so we're not online yet, but we're about to launch before the end of the year. Yay. We're going to be streaming a bunch of workshops live. We're going to be also putting together productions of things that we've shot and having them available to people. It's like our next big step. So it's in progress. Awesome. Well, keep me posted on that. I'll definitely share it in the socials as well. I love that you are about everyone else rising. And I really get the sense that you are not threatened by other talent and want other people to succeed. Where does that come from? I think it just comes from, I remember 
how I felt when I got started, how many unanswered questions and, and so many things that I wanted to figure out and do. And some of the information was a lot harder to to come by. And some people very freely helped me and, and showed me the way and, and shared. And other people were weirdly secretive and felt threatened and didn't want to quote unquote, create competition. And that was a weird mindset to me. I was just very sensitive to my own journey. And so I always think that when people ask you for help, if you're able to, you should help them. And so that's what I've done. And it just comes from a genuine place of, I think, rising tides lift all boats. And Mm -hmm. I really enjoy watching other people do what they want to do because I was once that person. I wanted to do it. And some people wanted to see me succeed and thrive and other people didn't. I just think that having more cheerleaders in the world is um, a beautiful thing. So I, I do my best to, to try to help other people. And, and I, I don't see our industry as competitive at all. I believe that if somebody's looking for my voice and the way I interpret and tell a story, that's what they're going to book. And if they're looking for something else and I'm not it, I'm not it. So it's just, it's a real freeing mindset. I do what I do and I let it go. And if I'm right for stuff, it'll line up for me. Mm-mm-mm. How were you always able to let it go? Cause I'll tell you, there were times I and mean, possibly for me being here in New York in the beginning of my career, I was going, you know, technology wasn't what it is and oh, I'm aging myself and you were going out <laughs> to casting offices more often. Yes. No, and, I did it too. I, we, you, I'm in the same boat as you. <laughs> I, I used to go in for live auditions and all that jazz too. And but where, where were you going? Did you get in your own head and get in your own way? Well, that, and you would feel, and sometimes people would say something. I mean, I had a few experiences where I watched a couple of um, cattiness comments made by more veteran season. Not, you know, for the most part, the women in voiceover are lovely, but the, those moments stood out. And so there were times when I would go to fear and feel like, oh God, I need this. And how... Did you get to the place of just, or have you always been like that? Like, all right, if it's mine, it's mine. I definitely remember when I was newer to voice acting and I lived in LA for a couple of years. And when I got my first agent there and, you know, I'd go in to do the auditions live and I was certainly nervous and felt, you know, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, I hope, I hope my read's good. And, oh, I hope I book it. And, you know, all that stuff, when you're new, you just get all up in your head and you get all up in your way. And what helped me was just, part of it was just experience and and doing it over and over and over and over again, that helps you build confidence, you know, and then of course, when you start booking things, that's validating and you feel more confident. But really, I, I would just say that over the years, I've just really put a lot of energy into personal development and personal growth as a, as a human. And I think the personal growth as a human has helped translate into being a more confident voice actor and, and just that more freeing mindset that we were just discussing. So, but I, I think, I think it's just like flexing a muscle, you know, it's like the yeah. more you do it, you know, the easier it becomes. And, and it's quieting down that, that chatter in the back. Like, it's like one of the things I tell my students all the time here at our studio is there's not room in the booth 
for a critic and a creative at the same time. Yeah. So tell the critic to shut up, you know, and, and, and go in there and play. Think of your, your booth as your sandbox and build some sandcastles and play and create and do you. Because when you were a kid and you were playing in the sandbox, you were criticizing yourself. You weren't judging yourself, you know, saying, oh my gosh, as you're building a sandcastle or, or playing or whatever, I hope I'm, I'm playing right. I hope I'm being creative enough. I hope, you know, you but, just did it, you know? So, so I say just as a helpful, hopefully an inspiring note to anyone listening is just Go in there and play, go in there and create, whether you're auditioning or you booked it or you're taking workshops and you're still learning and you're still trying to find your reads and find your voice, just free yourself and play and leave your critic at home. I want to um, real quick ask you about the women premier premier podcast. Yes, <laughs> I can talk. So you're like you wear many hats. What oh. is that? Well, I know what it is, but tell our listeners what it is. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. No, I'm a real good girlfriend of mine, and I. Her name's Amanda McEwen, and she and I've worked together in business the voice of her business for, I've known her almost the whole time I've been involved in the industry. And she's comes from the production the producer side, casting side, the business side. She's just brilliant and fun. And she and I, uh, cooked up the idea. Um, actually she, she got a hold of me one day in an email and said, Hey, I think we need to start a podcast together. And I wrote back, okay, when? (laughs) I was like, what do you want to do? And so she and I brainstormed on it. It was about a good six months uh, of brainstorming and trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And initially I thought about doing a a voiceover podcast, but you know, I, I just, I love voiceover. It's such a big part of my life, but I'm, I'm also fascinated by, you know, being a business owner and in personal growth and personal development and all these other things. She and I agreed that voice acting and, and the creative world could be a part of our podcast, but we wanted to do something. We, we decided to call it the Womanpreneur Podcast because we are both women entrepreneurs, but we, we do love the guys. We, uh, and we, we welcome male listeners as well. It's not just about women in business. We just are, are basically our tagline is empowerment in business and in life. And we want to empower people in all ways and men and women. And we actually just had our first menpreneur guest on. And uh, that was a lot of fun. But it's, it's, a, it's a podcast that is just all about tons of just nuggets on business and, and growth and, and mindset and just sharing as many tools as we can possibly share to help people uh, do what they want to do. Very, very cool. I love it. And we'll link up to that for our listeners. Thank All you. right. Last question. Maya Angelou says, words mean more than what is set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with deeper meaning. So Melissa, what do you hope your voice conveys in voiceovers as well as in your life? Just heart. Mm. I, I always aim to connect with people in a way that they don't just hear me, but that they feel me. And because again, going back to people write ideas down on paper, people 
you know, uh, we're turning written word into spoken word. And the magic that's infused in that is what I believe just comes from our hearts. And so I think if you're true to your, your heart and you just let it all hang out, let all the love hang out, people will feel you. Mm, and let me tell you, they do feel you and all your heart, Melissa. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And um, you got to hang out, girl. Thank you, Melissa. I need to share with you guys that I'm starting to see patterns with the guests that I interview that are not only enjoying their careers, but truly enjoying their lives. What was jumping out at me while I was speaking with Melissa is her love for auditioning. I mean, she just loves it. I could feel it. I've heard that a number of times with various guests that I've talked to that are just knocking it out of the park in voiceovers. They embrace and find joy in the audition process. So my hope for you is that no matter where you are in this journey, you find some joy, not only with the auditions that you do, but with your life. Until next week, here's to owning our voices.